The pastor of pain, Corey Miller, inducted officially into the South Carolina Athletic Hall of Fame on Saturday. Uh, also, the Mike man for the Gamecocks, who did the Gamecock cheer as the uh, he was warming up the crowd for what turned out to be a dud of a football game. Corey, great job. I would say that the best performance of the night on that field was by you, uh, getting the crowd whipped up and ready to go for the football game. Yeah, man, that was a very uh, exciting and fun and being out in front of 80,000 folks and, you know, trying to get them revved up for, for a ball game that we thought that would definitely be played better by South Carolina. But, uh, you know, I appreciate the opportunity and, and uh, to be out there and be a part of uh, – of homecoming and, and the football game and the Hall of Fame. It was just a special week all around. Absolutely. For you guys, I'm sure that it was. It's a shame that the game didn't turn out that way to kind of top things off. A very disappointing performance, not just the standpoint that you you lose on homecoming, but you lose a, a golden opportunity to put yourself in a great position heading down the stretch of the season. You, What's your – take on why this Gamecock team did not come out with the fervor, the fire, the fire, the intensity needed to beat Missouri? You know, you can't put your finger on it, Phil. You know, a game like that with homecoming and the weekend of festivities, to, like you mentioned, you know, an opportunity to get bowl eligible in front of your, your home crowd and knowing you got some more winnable games down the stretch of your schedule. So you're basically playing for, you know, great position in the bowl game, you know. I look at it playing for warmer weather. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and so, and I think they missed out on an opportunity. Definitely a game that they're good enough to win. But when you start out, and you know, you allow a team to you pin them back and, and go 94 yards, I believe, on a drive, and uh, you know, not setting the edge, getting gashed in the run game in the first half, and offensively they couldn't ever get any kind of rhythm. Um, they, they really looked like they didn't know what they were doing. Um, it was just a strange game. I mean, I was down on the sidelines for a little bit before I went up to the box, and it just felt, you know, stale. It just didn't feel the emotion, the energy. Um, so I was a little concerned, you know, to start the game, and they never could recover. Defensively, they, you know, they bounced back, and I thought made some very nice adjustments. But, you know, the offense just, again, uh, sputtered, and, and the questions, you know, lingered, you know, with the play calling and, and you know, certain players not getting enough reps and, things like that. So just um, not what I anticipated. I know not what many Gamecock fans anticipated, but you know, hopefully they can get things turned around and, and become bowl eligible this weekend. Yeah, the Jaheim Bell thing is a bit on the uh, puzzling side, and not just that, the answers that have gone public from the coaching staff since the ball game, right after the game and the press conferences this week, think about things about personnel packages and not – having him in on certain personnel packages against certain defenses, this, that, and the other. I mean, are they just making excuses for, uh, for, for not getting him in there? Or is there something deeper going on? Is there something deeper going on here that the public doesn't know about that? I mean, you, how do you keep a guy like Jaheim Bell on the sideline for all but nine plays and you don't give him the football? You know, I don't understand it. I mean, it's, it's frustrating for me. You know, I've been around this game for – God knows, you know, 35 years or so, um, understanding, you know, personnel, groupings, and packages. But, you know, I, I know this, Phil. You know, I played it. I coached it a little bit. I don't care what I'm running, whether I'm in 10 personnel, 12 personnel, 13 personnel, 11 personnel, 20 personnel. It doesn't matter. If I got a guy like Jaheim Bell 
he's going to be involved in all those packages because he's one of the best players on the team. He's one of the most explosive offensive weapons that you have. It makes no sense. I, I mean, I almost fell out my chair listening to, you know, Coach Satterfield answer those questions. I'm like, I almost wish, you know, this was Will Muschamp back and said, coordinators, you can't talk because he, he nah. definitely didn't help himself. It, he hurt himself. It made zero sense. And it's saying, basically he said, hey, I'm a coordinator and I'm not smart enough to play my best players, regardless of the, the personnel packages. So, uh, you know, and we've heard, oh, we got to get him the ball. I mean, this, that, and the third. And, you know, I just don't trust it until I see it. But, you know, I go back to last year, Phil, and I look at when they had a, a player quarterback that was a graduate assistant. Uh, but then they made some changes in the bowl game against North Carolina, and they were innovative. They did some mm -hmm. creative things and were explosive, and they got the ball in the hands of uh, the McDowells and, and, you know, Jaheim Bell, and, and uh, the carry-on was doing his thing. Beautiful. And I'm like, where did that go? Where did this thinking go? And, and, and so, you know, I'm a Gamecock through and through. I, I love Shane Beamer. I love the staff and what they're standing for, what they're trying to do. But I just, you can't hide this. This is just something is on the coordinator. I'm sorry. Yeah, it just it, it just is. I mean, everybody can see it. I mean, you just can't have a guy with that type of talent and, and, and with nine snaps and say, oh, we just got you know caught up in the personnel groups. My question then would be, my follow-up would be, well, why the heck is he not involved in that? I mean, when you yeah. can't do anything offensively. You know, that's the problem I have. And it's like, you know, this this doesn't make any sense. That That's telling me you're not game planning. You're not trying to win if, in fact, your best players – not getting touches, and, and he's not playing but nine plays. So I understand what you're saying. It makes you go, well, there's got to be something else to it because any smart coach yeah. would not allow this to happen. Yeah. Either they're not putting out in practice, you know, and, and they're playing the guys that are practicing the hardest and doing it in practice, or there's something else. I don't know what it could be, but, I mean. They yeah, both, we don't know. I mean, you know, they, they, yeah, they both talk the company the line. Just, yeah. yeah, they said, hey, you know, we got to do better. You know, we got to. Kind of the coach speak thing, but uh, it's it's frustrating from from a fan standpoint, knowing that you lose a game that you should win, and your offense is as bad as it was, as it was, and and then one of your best players getting non plays. So you know, there's going to be speculation. They know this. I mean, they know people are going to ask a question. Uh, I mean, and but the answers to me it just hadn't been really good. If you, to be honest with you, do you think it's time to give Luke Doty some run out there? Not saying start him or anything like that, or even just don't not insert him at a particular time, but if, if, if Rattler struggles, and especially with the offensive line, if they have trouble protecting him and he doesn't have time and he's running for his life back there, is it time to put Doty in there and change things up offensively and put a more mobile quarterback in there to use his legs? I, I, you know, I, I think, you know, watching his offense, and I watch every game, and I'll go back and look at some stuff, and, you know, it is a lot of times they have some plays there. I mean, so I can't put everything on Coach Satterfield. I mean, those players have to take responsibility as well. You know, when the players are there, they got to make the play. They got to catch it. You know, they got to run the right route. They got to protect. I mean, I saw a couple of times the offensive lineman just got ran over by the defensive end. And Spencer's mm -hmm. running for his life. So, you know, one, play, one, one breakdown can cause the whole play to go dead. And, so it's not just a coach. I mean, they players got to take and own up and take their responsibility and play better. I will say that. But to your question, uh, you know, I think you know to carry on Joiner, a package should be something that you insert, not just to put him in there and say, hey, we're going to run a quarterback counter. 
you know, where everybody and their grandmother can predict. You let him throw the ball. You, you insert that package that you use against North Carolina. He can throw it. He can throw yeah. it. I mean, so, yes, Luke Doty, the carry-on joiner, whomever, I think you got to have some more wrinkles. You can't become so dormant and stagnant that you're just doing the same thing and, and you're predictable. And getting you get behind the sticks and it's third and long and the offensive line isn't really great pass protector. So, you know, you can't win games like that. I, I just – I think you got to have more. You got to have more diversity offensively, and you got to you know do some things differently and utilize the talent. It's not a lack of talent. You got players, mm-hmm. so why don't mm-hmm. you use them? And that's that's my whole question. Sure, Corey. We had a caller last night bring up an interesting point. Thought I'd get your thoughts on Nate Atkins at tight end. He has one catch for two yards on the season, but we've seen him play considerable more time than folks like Jaheim Bell. Do you think a reason that might be is is he is more of a uh, blocking tight end as opposed to Bell is more of a receiving tight end? And so if Bell's out there, it might be more of like a quick chip block, and then he's turning and looking for the football. But if the offensive line is struggling, inserting Atkins essentially becomes a sixth offensive lineman. Could that be factoring into why we're not seeing Jaheim Bell as much? Well, you know, you make a good point. You know, what you have in these types of positions with tight ends – what we call a wide tight end. That's on the line of scrimmage. I would put Austin Stockner in that category as well, right? His hands in the dirt. Uh, he's more of a blocking tight end, more of a guy that will run the short intermediate routes down the seam, a big body tall. Uh, Jaheim is a what we call a youth guy, move guy, right? You can line him off the ball. You know, we go 12 personnel. He's that U tight end. He is the off the ball. He's the move guy, motion guy. You can put him in the backfield like a fullback. Uh, you know, you can use him in 11 personnel as your one tight end, where now, you know, you got a guy that he can flex out in the slot. He is the type of tight end that moves around all over. You know, you can flex him out wide because he has the ability and the speed to run those types of routes. So you can still have two tight ends in the game, three tight ends in the game, 13 personnel, but allow Jaheim to be your move guy. We know that Stogner and those other guys are better at blocking. So you have to get creative. I mean, think about this, guys. I mean, Travis Kelsey is a big-body tight end, but he can play the slot. He's He plays off the ball, but he will stick his hand down as a wide sometimes. But they move him around. They they create mismatches. They create mismatches with, with safeties and tight ends. This is the type of things you do with Jaheim Bell. I mean, you get him the football. I don't like him so much in the backfield because that's easier to attack. But I will move him like a receiver, move him like a fullback, motion him out. And here's what happened, guys. It creates a defense to decide what personnel they're going to to choose, right, when he's in the game. Are they going to treat him like a receiver? Are they going to treat him like a tight end? Are they going to treat him like a back? Is it 21 personnel, two running backs, one tight end? Is Is it 12? Is it 11? So that puts pressure on the defense, which they're not taking advantage of. But, but yeah, I mean, they just got to get this guy in space. The bottom line, he is a space guy. He's not a box guy. But move him around, create isolations, and get him to football. All right, Clemson going up to Notre Dame. They've had two weeks to get ready. And what do you think about Clemson, number four, in the rankings at this point? I mean, a good place for them to be if you're a Clemson fan, a Clemson person. You're in the top four. You got to feel like if you take care of your business – over the next uh, four weeks and then the ACC championship game, you're going to be right there in the playoffs again. Yeah, they, I mean, I was really shocked that they were four, uh, that uh, they were in front of Michigan and really TCU. Uh, I thought had played better 
uh, and shown better at this point. I know Michigan non-schedule uh, was very weak, but they did have a great win over a very good Penn State football team. Um, but if you Clemson, you say, hey, we went out, we should be in. But I will caution, though, because I was saying this today on TV, Phil, I remember TCU, I think it was, back in the day, and they were undefeated, and they end up dropping back because the, the committee has said every week there's a clean sheet of paper. Here's a problem that Clemson may have. Even though right now it says, hey, they've got three wins over top 25 teams. Well, what's going to happen? Wake Forest NC State plays this week. They're at the bottom half of the 25. One of them going to drop off. Wake Forest still has a couple of tough games. Syracuse probably going to lose another game or two. They're going to drop out of the top 25. So that's a, that should, that's a concern still. They're in good shape. Mm-hmm. They only control what they can control, and this is a big one. Uh, I heard you earlier. I'm telling you, caution, this is a tough game going to Notre Dame. They've had some losses to Marshall and Stanford, bad losses. But this team, like you said, they're looking to build off of something. If they can take care of Clemson, they get that recognition back, and and Clemson cannot afford to lose a game. So if they lose this game, they're out. They're done. They're not going to make the playoffs. So, yeah, they're, they're in a good good space this week. As I caution people all the time, it is just the first edition you know, of the top 25. A lot of things are going to happen. And 6 through 10, 1 through 10, everybody controls their own destiny. So what you have right now is playoff football down the stretch. Every week, Alabama is a playoff game every single week. They can't afford to lose. Tennessee needs to win this football game because now if Georgia goes on, wins through, Alabama wins through, and Georgia uh, loses to Alabama and the SEC, Tennessee may be out. I mean, so a lot of mm-hmm. stuff is happening. I don't think you can get too comfortable where you are right right now because there's some big football games left to be played. As always, Pastor Payne, Pop, we appreciate your time. Great job on the mic on Saturday. You had those Gamecock fans fired and ready to go. Maybe <laughs> you should talk to the football team before they come out next time. But we appreciate well, you as always, so, and we'll talk to you next week. Well, enjoy Myrtle Beach, man, and it's going to be nice weather. I'm going to be down in Paula's Island, but, you know, I saw you last night at the basketball game. You need a little sun, Phil. Go get some vitamin D. It's good for you, bro. (laughs) Make sure you get them legs, get some tan on them legs. Yeah, yeah, get off my legs. I wish I were staying down here, but I'm heading to Nashville. I'm heading to Nashville from here, so we will see you you next week. There you go. Thank you, Pastor. Pastor of Pain, Corey Miller with us on Thursday night, giving us some great stuff as always. And he was terrific on that crowd, Mike, getting everybody fired up prior to that game last Saturday.